0: Hello, it's Julie's story. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Oh my goodness, get sat down. Because I have a story to tell you. And like, this is one of those stories. This is one of those stories that I feel like I'm telling for me. And I just want to invite you in on it because I just really want to mark this moment. Um, I just really want to have myself explaining to myself what happened so that i can go back and listen to have you ever had one of those moments where something happens and just like radically changes the way that you think about things or the way that you see things this is one of those for me so get ready because here comes i shared a little bit about this on my instagram post this past week and um i didn't get to share kind of the whole story so i wanted to take you through this moment so um I also was thinking about how much like <laughs> a normal person does not share their life this much. Pretty much, um, if you're around my Instagram, if you're around my podcast, if you're on my blog, you are getting literally what happens on a day-to-day life, day-to-day function. You can hear my dog shaking her head in the background. This is real life, and I'm putting it all out there because I have spent years feeling alone in some of these things and some of these struggles and some of these moments and i just thought i don't want other people to feel that way i don't want them to like be alone in their moments and so here i am share my story i have my um, pumpkin spice creamer here with my coffee so we're just gonna get right into it so this might get a little bit emotional there's like there's like funny things in the store and there's like sad things but um i just i want to butt you in <laughs> we're just gonna go there so I went yesterday to get an ultrasound on my armpit. I'm going to pause there for dramatic effect because that is when I went to an imaging clinic here in town to get an ultrasound on my armpit. Turns out I have, I have overgrown, overflowing Breast tissue that's in my armpit. Apparently, this is a very common thing. And I know this because I looked it up. And I'll tell you why I looked it up. (laughs) I looked it up because this has been a huge insecurity of mine. Because every time I wear a tank top, I feel like there's a third boob just like there. It's just there. And I can see it in my armpit. And there's only been a few times that people have pointed this out to me. One of them... I went to go get a glamour shot done as a gift for my mom. So my dad takes my sister and I to the mall. You remember those glamour shots where you have the big hair and they like do your makeup and it's awful. And you have like this huge line across your chin because they don't have foundations that match your skin color. So that's what we went to do. And I was so excited because I was around 12 or 13 years old. And this was the first time that I was ever being photographed. This is the beginning of my modeling career. This was it. We were in the mall and she did my makeup horrible and but i felt amazing and she did my hair horrible but you know we just went with it so they this is how they do it they take all these photos and then they move you kind of off to this separate space where you sit down and they go over these photos so andre asked me where this this side boob thing started started like where where the the realizing that i had this started this was the moment that's why i'm telling you the story this is the moment it happened so we have the pictures done we're sitting and there's like a a um, a girl that's helping us pick out the photos that we want to buy for my mom for her birthday. And so she's scrolling through the photos and I remember like we picked out a bunch with like my sister and my dad and I and we kind of set those aside and then she was helping us pick out the individuals of my sister and I. And so I saw this one photo of me that I really loved. I think I was kind of like laying down off to the side and I just saw it and, and I think I was laughing and I thought, oh, I, I love the way I look in that photo. This is the one I want. So I told her, I was like, I really like this one. And she was like, no, you don't want that one. She's like, you really don't want this photo. And the reason why is because you see this part right here and she pointed to like my armpit and i had on a strapless it wasn't a strapless dress it had like a really thin strap it wasn't a spaghetti strap it was like a lasagna strap dress (laughs) where the, the strap was like thicker so she points to my now that i know what it is the the side boob the underarm boob and she's like you don't want this photo because look at this this is really not attractive and i'm 14 years old and I have no, or 13 years old, I have no concept that this is not a great thing. I, you know, I nobody ever like said, hey, you have this and it's not cute. So she points that out to me and ever since then, it's just been a thing. But for me now, as I've gotten older and had kids, um, when I actually had my son Kairos and I was nursing, that's when I kind of realized what this part of my body is because I was so you know when you're nursing your new mom and your your baby is born your body doesn't know how many children it's it needs to feed so your milk just comes in it's like it could be one it could be 38 newborns. Your body's like, we have no idea. Let's just send a lot of milk all at once just in case there's an entire tribe, a daycare center of newborns, all of the NICU babies you're going to be feeding. We want to make sure you're ready. So that was the moment I was at, and um, I went in to, to see my doctor a little bit after I had my son. And I was like, yeah, I'm really uncomfortable underneath my arm. And so she lifts up my arm and like, there's this like nodule under there. And she's like, oh yeah, you have breast tissue underneath your armpit. Um, this is actually milk, (laughs) like in the tissue, there's milk in there. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So that problem gets worked out. Um, that... (laughs) (laughs) I positioned my son a different way and I nursed him and it it figured itself out. But I'm like, okay, so that's there. So yesterday I have to go get a ultrasound of this particular area because there's um, there's concern underneath my arm. And so I go there, I go to this imaging center and I've like never like I've never had any of this. I've never done any of this. And, um, on a side note, because I'm a branding expert, I'm going to tell you my experience of this place. I was like in shock of the amazement of this particular facility. I was like, my jaw was dropped. So they have you sit down and a nurse comes to you personally to ask, Hey, are you Julie? Like, Hey, you know, what's your name to, for when it's time for you to go back. This was like amazing to me because i've been to restaurants you know restaurants they just call your name over like the sea of people it's totally unpersonal it's not like a great experience but this was so different so she comes over and she's like hey are you julie and i thought wow this is like so personalized and she walks me back into this area and we walk into this like amazing changing room and my like jaw is dropped I haven't been to a hospital experience for 10, 12 years because the last time I was really there for any extended amount of time, it was when my children were born and they were also born in Indiana and now I'm in Florida. I don't know if it's like, if it's, if it's a generational thing where we now just have these huge expectations like the market is demanding these incredible experiences but this changing room looked like a changing room at neiman marcus it was beautiful and i'm thinking um The last time that I ever had to change into, like, a hospital gown, it looked like I was in, like, a cement, like, closet. Like, there's, like, like dripping from the ceiling. There's, like, rust, you know, in the vent. This place was beautiful. Not only was it beautiful, but they had, like, these really soft... It felt like I was going to the spa. I was like, this is amazing. So then they're like, well, you can put your bag in our lockers. And their little lockers had a key and, like, a wrist band. And I thought this is brilliant because, you know, women have, we have caravans of luggage that we carry around. And when we're, you know, getting checked up or whatever, we don't want all of our stuff. So they have like a locker and it's, you know, obviously it's free and they have a little key. Maybe I just don't get out enough, but this is like, It was so nice. It was so nice. And then she's like, you can go ahead and wait in the separate area. And it's like this huge room with like all these comfy chairs and all the women are in like the matching robes and they've got coffee and snacks and they've got a TV on. They have a puzzle on the side of the room. It was really funny though, because on one of the tables, I walked over to look at some of the magazines and I looked down and there's a really familiar um, book like a, um, it was kind of like a magazine looking up at me. And it said scrapbooking on a budget, and I thought, do people even scrapbook anymore? I don't even know. So I picked it up, and the reason it was familiar was because I had I had that book when my son was born, which was in two thousand eight. So this I actually looked at the date of this book; it was from two thousand nine. I was like, even though they have like this luxury experience, they have not changed their magazines or books since. 2009 so you so I was like oh wow I like walk back on memory lane like looking at you know Britney Spears and and Sync and 98 degrees like what were the tabloids back then but that was just a little funny sidebar so I'm sitting there waiting and like I don't have my phone because for whatever reason I forgot it and it's not until you forget your phone that you really realize how much you're looking at it all the time and how much you're dependent on it but i didn't have my phone so the tech calls me back for my ultrasound and she was like so nice and the room was like dimly lit and like i lay back on the table and they have this um you know these clouds like these cloud panels above and i'm like wow this is so nice like even have something to look at so she's like she's ultrasounding my armpit and i mean i she does this all the time but I, I'm just thinking, this is so awkward. So I just make like a joke about that this is my third boob and like, you know, it's fine. And, you know, this is where we are. And she just laughed and laughed. And so I'm like laying there for about 10 minutes and she's like repositioning and positioning and I can hear her clicking. And the what how she's clicking, it sounds like she's like playing a video game. So after about 10 minutes, I start to like, think of how long this is taking. Like I I start getting a little bit nervous because I just thought we were just gonna come in and like do this quick thing and then we're out the door and you know, we're done because it's nothing. Like it's, it's no big deal and there's nothing wrong and all this stuff. So after about 15 minutes, she keeps positioning her little wand underneath my arm in this particular way that makes me seem like, she's really narrowing in on this spot like this this whatever this is is like concerning and she keeps clicking and clicking and i know every time she clicks she's taking a photo so after about 20 23 minutes she's like okay i'm gonna go get the doctor and i kind of like sit up and my heart is like pounding like crazy because i've never done this before that took a really long time and so she walks out of this room and it's like this dimly lit dark room and I start like being super afraid. And I look over to at the machine and she had taken 30 photos of my armpit. Like my armpit literally had its own photo shoot in this moment. And I'm thinking this cannot be good. If it is like if it was like 10 photos, okay, you know, they you know, whatever. 30 images. So I'm sitting there. And I just had this like really the next little bit of the story is like really sobering. Um, I just had this moment where I'm thinking, I don't know if there's something that's wrong. And like there's been, um, you know, in my family history, there's been, you know, issues of, of cancer and different things like that. And so I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. And I realized in that moment that, you know, I'm sitting in this dark room. I don't have my phone. I can't text Andre. The only That is there is God. And so I just had this moment with God where I was just, I just remembered like all the moments in my life where it was just me and God. Like before I met Andre and going through a lot of the things that I've healed from, it just reminded me of like that's the constant thing. Like that's the one thing that I can be sure of that will always be there, that's always consistent, that's always faithful, is, is God and His presence. And so I just like had this moment, like I just had this come to Jesus moment where I was just like. I don't know what's on the other side of this moment, but all I know is that I cannot do this by myself. Like this is too much. And like I sat there and I realized that there are so many of these types of moments in our life where we hear trauma or we've been through really bad news or we hear something about a friend or a family member or like our kids get sick or our parents get sick that are hard and they suck. And like, sometimes we feel like we're totally alone. And sometimes we just like need somebody to hug us. And sometimes we get to our worst day and we don't even know it's our worst day, but like, it might not be our worst day, but we're just sitting there in the tension of not knowing. And it's awful. And like, I realize like how much people just need love and encouragement and just just knowing that, hey, there's somebody else out there. There's somebody else who can bring Something to life and love and make you feel a little bit better in those moments, even if you're about to hear terrible news. Like, just knowing that someone's there and that, you know, that there's life and hope on the other side and that you're gonna get through it. And so, like, I'm having that moment with God. And the tech comes back in and she says, We're gonna have to do like a full mammogram on you. And again, this is not sounding like good news. Like the, everything that they're communicating to me, not in their face or like the tech was really sweet, but like everything that's happening, I'm just thinking why? if ever, if everything was fine, like, why are they having me like do this? Why are they having me do this? So I, 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 they have to get a script from my doctor and she wants me to wait and so I'm like, "Oh great, I'm going to be sitting here waiting." So I I run out back to my car and I I get my phone. Um and and during that time, like there's a lot that I'm realizing that's even happening like in the room. Like this room or these rooms I'm walking in and out of like people are experiencing their worst days. And it just like it just made my heart feel. I don't know if you have this once where you're just like I feel I feel something bigger than myself. I feel like I want to connect to people in a way that's bigger than myself right now because I want to be compassion where people need it. And like in the middle of these moments of like trying to go get my phone and like kind of walking out of the room, I I came across a couple of of other women that were experiencing some you know emotions and you know news and things like that. And I just, I just was very heightenedly aware of the gravity of this space. And like, I just, it, I don't know, like kind of clicked something on in me that brought me out of myself and my own moments. And I just thought, wow, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be to other people? Who do I want to be to other women? Because you never know when they're going to need like life and love. And I can bring that. And so I had this moment, like these deep moments and I'm s- grab my phone and I'm like, start texting Andre, like what's going on. And he doesn't text back because, you know, he's a teacher and there's like a thousand children running around him. So I'm sitting there in the waiting room and I'm, I'm waiting. And it's now been, I've now been there an hour and a half and I'm waiting to go get a double uh, mammogram for, to like check everything essentially. And so they end up calling me back and they you know they're checking my armpit again they're checking the spot again and I'm just like this isn't good like there's so much attention being brought to this space so after you know I had the mammogram the tech tells me um they're going to want to give you another ultrasound of your armpit and I'm just like oh my gosh like I, they have 30 photos and I was in there for 20 minutes like what else do they need to see So on the way out, she asked me, she's like, oh, are you cold? Do you want a blanket? And this queen went and brought me a warmed blanket and like wrapped me up in it. So I'm sitting in the chair in my pink robe with women who are significantly older than me and I'm processing what my life is about to look like. I'm processing what is about to happen in my life. And I started thinking about, if the worst case scenario came back to me, because I saw the photos of my armpit, and the space that was there was pretty large, it looked like a really big slug. And um, you know, I have really struggled with anxiety in my life because my my imagination is so magnificent. And on the the flip side of that, because my imagination is so great and so amazing, I have the counter to that, which is I can unintentionally use my imagination to make me feel things that I don't need to feel and so I'm wrestling that but at the same time I'm actually thinking about if if something happened right now where it was like your your future is about to change or things are going to look very different than what you thought it would what was the most important thing like I just I don't know it's kind of like This other moment I had in my life where I was flying from LAX to Santa Barbara, and I was in this puddle jumper plane. I don't know if you've ever taken a puddle jumper. It feels like you're in a toy airplane. It's so tiny. You're wondering, how is physics even possible? And when you're in the toy plane, and there's like, I don't know, a big storm, and the plane is dropping 10 feet at a time while shaking while you're in it, you have another come to Jesus moment. And I had that happen. And the last time I had that moment happen, the same exact thoughts came to my mind. And why I wanna tell you this story and why I wanna tell myself this story later is because when, when there was a, a, a thought or a possibility that my life might might end sooner than what I would want, what was it? that was most important to me in that moment like this come to jesus moment the plane's going to crash i'm going to get terrible news about my health what is it that i want and what is it that's most important to me <clears throat> and i'm like getting so excited that's why i'm like like if you've listened to me at all when i get excited like everything just drains my eye drains like just i don't know it's just a thing but I'm excited to share this because it was such a shocking aware, like a moment to me. And I, I, want, I want us all to have this moment. I want us all to have these things, not because of fear, not because we're afraid something's going to happen to us bad or something's going to happen to our family. But I want us to live in this shock of if I was going to lose everything, what really matters to me? So, in the plane, and sitting in this doctor 's office, I had the exact same things happen. One, I had the images of my children and my husband and you know like my family come to my mind i didn 't care that the house was messy i didn 't care about the house I have or the stuff i had i The only thing that I was thinking about are the hearts that I love period. The second thing was in the plane and at the doctor's office, I had this awareness of what do I really want to be doing? What is it? Like if something was going to happen to life, I knew I had five months or six months or 10 years left. What is, how do I want to spend my time? And I realized that Writing was that thing for me. That telling stories and 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 giving people life through characters and and storytelling. It's it. It's totally it. And it's so interesting to like kind of come to this moment when when I've been putting my energy into other things or been distracted by other things. But it's just so awesome to strip it all down and say, what do I want to do? And what I would want to do is I would want to leave stories with people. I would want to leave characters and lessons and language so that when I, when my legacy has begun after I'm gone, that on the bookshelves of people, there's stories And I think about um, the Chronicle of Narnia, like I love, I love the story of Narnia. I love the idea that these children step into another world and they become something so great. And what I love about that is that C.S. Lewis lives on in stories that he gifts, he gifted to us. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love stories. I love storytelling. And I've been on this journey where I have been really trying to pay attention to what really makes me happy and cutting out everything that I think I'm supposed to be or think I'm supposed to do and strip it so much down. And one of the things that makes me so happy and that makes my day so much better is every time I'm telling stories on this podcast every time i show up and i'm doing a podcast it makes me so incredibly happy that i can give something back to people and i got this note from one of my one of my like listeners, like one of my fans and she was just telling me that listening to my podcast helped her get to sleep and that is amazing like th- that makes me feel like oh my gosh shout out to you you know who you are babe you know who you are um it just made me realize like how um what a gift What a gift that I can talk and tell stories and be ridiculous and be myself and to you, with you, and you show up and you listen and it might give something back. So I hope that this podcast gives something back to you. And I hope that when this is turned off, that you can take five minutes and go to that space in your mind where you are confronting what are you doing with your time and your day Are you living your dream? Did you tell yourself no to something that should be a yes? Did you tell yourself yes to something that should be a no? Like if you were going to strip it way down and say, what is really important? What do I actually want to be doing? Like if something was going to happen to change everything, what would you wake up and say, this is what I want to do no matter what. And for me, that's writing through and through and I realize I've been writing, I've been writing since I was 10 years old. I've been telling stories since I was 10 years old. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking about all of these things. All of these things are running through my mind and, and I'm processing them through my heart because i don't know what's on the other side of them coming back and getting me and, and having this conversation it was it was the most jolting emotional moment and i was i was fighting off fear the whole time and just just thinking very practically like what would i do i don't know what's on the other side of this moment and um, i started thinking about like what would like if they came and told me bad news what 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 would, what would i do will be the first thing that I would do. But I also started thinking about if that were to happen, what would I want to wake up tomorrow and do? And for me, it's telling stories and writing. And I heard somebody tell me this past week that we don't always know how we're going to get there. We don't always know kind of like what's on the other other end. And especially being somebody who is really um, like a feeler and God speaks to me a lot through images and and he gives me insight through dreams about different things. I I have been challenged because I really want to know the end of the story, but I feel like sometimes God withholds that from us because we would really mess it up or we would really, really um, be overwhelmed with the magnitude that what God really wants to do in our life. And so I feel like he withholds some of that for us, not from us, but for us so that we can just take it one day at a time because can you imagine if like Oprah Winfrey at 7 years old if God told her like you're going to be a billionaire and you're going to open this school and you're going to do all these amazing things like wouldn't don't you think that she would have been so overwhelmed like I feel like if like I feel like I would be overwhelmed So I'm sitting there this moment and I'm processing things with Andre and they come back to get me. They come back into the room. And at this point, I had been there for three and a half hours. So everybody that I saw come into the the room with me, the, the women that were sitting there that were waiting, they were all gone. There was only one other woman who was a familiar face. Everybody else had come in, done their thing and left. And so again, I'm just thinking, I've been here for three and a half hours. They did this extensive ultrasound. They had to go contact my other doctor to get more, you know, scripts so that they we could do a mammogram and all this stuff. And, if nothing else, I hope this podcast reminds you just to like do self exams. I feel like sometimes like we're so afraid to like know what's going on in our health because we don't wanna to get to those moments, but it's really important because at least if we know what's going on, we can know what the next step is, but like ignoring it and avoiding it doesn't help it. It doesn't make anything better. It actually makes the fear worse. And I feel like I've learned that even this, I'm like, if I can just know what's going on, then I can at least deal with it and I can get my mind right. And I can like, you know, motivational. I'm like, well, we will handle this, but not knowing was the worst. So for three and a half hours, I had no idea. So they call me back and the lady's like, Oh, you're going to meet with a radiologist now. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, like, is she's going to like, I I thought I was getting an ultrasound again. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I sit down and she comes in like 30 seconds later with this big smile on her face. And she says, well, everything's great. It looks like you diagnosed yourself. It just seems like it's a little bit of breast tissue and you're fine. And we don't need to see you again till you're 40. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, I just processed a whole lot of stuff in my mind for three and a half hours. So just like looking at her, and I was like, so it's just like my boob in there, and it's just gonna like do its thing. She's like, yep, everything's good. Thanks for coming. And I was like, okay. So I left, and I, I just, I had this realization that not once while i was sitting there did i think about how many likes i got on a photo on instagram like not once while i was sitting there did i think about my my body and did i need to lose weight or you know was i you know whatever like i was my contour good were my eyebrows matching like it didn't matter any of that stuff did not matter for those three and a half hours. And as I was driving home, I started processing all of the time that I wasted hating my body when my body has been hosting my soul, my spirit on earth, and it's been serving the heck out of me. It has done amazing things. It has brought my kids from heaven to earth. It rocked them to sleep. It gave them a safe place of peace to hang out until they were born. Like, yeah, my skin is stretchy around my belly button. Who cares? Like, my body has done extraordinary things for me. And I had spent so much time hating it. So I'm driving home, having like my second come to Jesus moment. And the other thing that I was realizing was that like I had sp- I spent so much time like on social media and like looking at what everybody else is doing and all this stuff, and I just thought at the end of my life, or when I'm confronted with a moment of potential bad news, the last thing that I cared about was, oh, she has like the cutest shoes, or oh, I wish I was going on that vacation. And it just put everything into perspective. And that's really what I want to remind myself and remind you is about perspective. So when Andre got home, I processed all this with him. I told him like, I no longer want to do things that don't make me happy. I'm not living in shoulds, which that's been like the last six months. I've just like eradicated shoulds from my life. You know, shoulds where you're thinking, oh, I should go, I should hang out with this person. I should wear this. I should, like that is done. Like I have been through way too much to live my life in shoulds. So I'm like, no more shoulds. I want to do the things that make me happy. And I don't want to miss the little moments that are really the big moments. And I heard from Brene Brown, she was telling this story about how she had interviewed a lot of different people who had gone through the loss, a loss, like the loss of somebody they love, the loss of a child. And she said that oh, out of 100 people that she interviewed, the things that people really missed were the small things. They missed the sound of their husband coming home after work or they missed sitting at the kitchen table at dinner and just laughing about something ridiculous. And that moment coupled with yesterday, it just was so like awakening. Like I feel like I got woke. Like I just woke up a lot yesterday and today. I'm like, you know what? I am putting my phone to bed. Um, for the majority of the evening, because I just want to be so insanely present and aware of the little tiny moments. And I remember making dinner yesterday and. it's, it's, it's one of my huge pet peeves when I'm in the kitchen cooking and the kids are in the kitchen because there's, you know, I'm moving around, I'm cutting stuff. There's heat. Like they just know ever since they are little, it's like, get out of the kitchen when I'm in the kitchen. Like, you know, you can talk to me from like, Like there's an invisible line, like go over the line just because I don't want them to get hurt. And if I'm cooking something and I turn around and I have a pan, like I don't want to hit them in the face, oh my gosh, that would be like the worst moment. So I'm trying to like keep them safe, but also like give me space to move around. So that's kind of like their thing. So yesterday it was like dinner was kind of finishing up and Kairos comes over and he's like really, really close to me. And he just like puts his arms around me and he just hugs me. And I was right in the middle of cooking and you know those times where you're like, you're doing something else and you're just like rushing through it and you're like, oh, I got to Okay, hug, hug, pat, 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 pat. Okay, move on. I didn't do that. I just stopped everything. And I just thought, this is it. This is the little big moments. And this is what I want to soak in and just be so um, aware of what's really going on. And I feel like even just in one day, when Andre came home, like I really looked at him in his eyes and I really like, I just paused everything for a moment and just let those three seconds just be a fully present moment. And I just feel so grateful. I feel so grateful for my body. And I feel like I'm just like, gosh, I I, I don't want to hate any parts of me. And it's funny because as I've been growing in my personal brand and putting out there more personalized stories about just different things that have happened and and different things I've walked through with body image struggles and all these things, I'm realizing that I've intentionally turned towards the things that I used to hate and I've given them a new narrative. So like my armpit boob, like I have thought about getting that removed for a really long time. And I feel like after yesterday, I can't. Like, I feel like I can't. I think Chrissy Teigen might have had that done, like, too, as well, just like removing that little skin. And I feel like I can't do that because I feel like now every time that I see it, I want it to be this like reminder. I don't know if this is weird. I don't know if it's like a weird thing that I'm doing, but I just want it to be a reminder of like, like don't hate on my body and, and just be aware of how blessed like every day is. It's such a gift and not, not from this like romanticized point of view, even though it is for me, cause you know, I romanticize everything, but from this, um, present point of view, this very like aware, awakened perspective of like this armpit boob gave me this moment where I now have a different perspective because everything's fine and my body is healthy and isn't that amazing and isn't that something that we should just be so incredibly grateful for and live in a place of gratitude that like okay so our body might be like 5 pounds more than like our ideal weight who cares like it's amazing and i always say our bodies are so much more intelligent than us like my body is incredibly genius I don't know how all that stuff in there works. I mean, I have a little bit of knowledge and I like health documentaries, but like, I don't know half the things that are going on and it's just every day it's chugging along. It's chugging along. And like, I, um, I've, I've really struggled with anxiety with my, my body and my health, and I'm just going to let you in. Like, I'm just going to bust the doors wide open and bring you into this part too, because I feel like we don't talk enough about this. And especially as a Christian, I've been so ashamed of like struggling with anxiety and having like body image issues, but particularly with anxiety, I've been so ashamed to like even say it because anxiety is wrong and you just have to trust God. Like I love God and God has walked me through crazy, amazing things and God has healed me in amazing ways. But I still freaking struggle sometimes, you know, and like this past month, actually last month, I had two anxiety attacks and I don't know if you know what an anxiety attack is. It's not a panic attack. So a panic attack is kind of like your, your chest starts getting painful. Panic attack kind of really, uh, it, it wants to mirror kind of a heart attack and it makes it really hard for you to breathe and you feel like you're dying essentially a panic attack. An anxiety attack is where it, it's it's similar to a panic attack, but less extreme. So what was happening was I was starting to get these heart palpitations from dehydration. So it turns out, uh, this is a little sidebar for you, all you boss babes. If you drink coffee all day and then it's at night and your husband's home, your kids are hanging and you're like, I'm gonna have a glass of wine while I'm cooking dinner. Um, it turns out if you drink not a lot of water at all and you're drinking coffee and wine, you're going to be dehydrated. Uh, you're going to need to drink some water. And what happens is, um, I think especially when you have anxiety, I think it makes it worse when you're already anxious in general sometimes, but you, um, your heart starts to palpitate. This is something that's happened to me before. I actually, I actually went to the hospital once because my heart was palpitating and it didn't go away for a week. And it was like, freaked me out. But these two times my heart was palpitating and I knew logically why. I knew my heart was palpitating because I was dehydrated because I had wine and coffee and like, that was a thing. But my body's response to my heart palpitating was, girl, we are gonna freak out right now. <laughs> like We are absolutely gonna freak out. So my body starts shaking, I start getting hot, I start getting cold, my heart's palpitating. And while this is going on, My, I'm trying to keep my mind disconnected from my body because the anxiety comes from like a thought, like something's wrong. Something's going to happen to you, that kind of thing. So I had these anxiety attacks happen and I woke up the next day. Um, they were, they have been at different times. I woke up the next day and I wanted to do a story about it. And I posted this whole long story. And then like, I deleted it because I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't tell anyone that I'm having an anxiety attack because they're going to think this, or they're going to judge me or whatever. And it was in the middle of the night. And it, it, you know, it went away within 30 minutes and I knew what it was. I looked it up online. Like I knew in my mind what it was, but my body was still freaking out. It was shaking. It was like, you know, the palpitations were getting worse because my body's response to this thought in my mind that something bad's going to happen was we're going to make something bad happen. Like, I don't know why that works, but our minds are so incredibly powerful. So I just completely took wine off the table to give myself a break and just like to give my body time to like chill (laughs) because I don't want to be like having these attacks but like we don't want to talk about our struggles because we don't want to be thought as less than but people are going through these things and it's not because they're less spiritual or because God's not in their life or because they're not doing anything like they're not praying enough or they don't trust God enough like stuff happens and yeah sometimes it's a spiritual attack and sometimes it's just our own minds like bringing us down this pathway that's not for us so I hope in sharing these stories that we all can just breathe and say we're not alone and there's the hard stuff that we're all dealing with and it's okay and like it doesn't make us less worthy and it doesn't make us any less spiritual and it doesn't make us less um, awesome. It just means that like we're humans and we're living life and we're all going to get this, through this together. So take care of yourself. Do what you need to do. Go to the doctor if you haven't and start working out if you haven't. Just take care of yourself. Love yourself really well and just know, you know, you have a friend. On the other side of this podcast, you have a friend who's gone through some things. So I'm glad we can do it together. Thanks so much for listening to my stories. As always, like I would love to hear from you. Please send me a DM on Instagram at Julie Story. Let me know what you thought about this. Let me know your stories. And gosh, I cannot thank you enough for like listening because this is one of the very best parts of my whole week is hanging out with you and telling stories. So, all right, I will talk to you again soon. Until next time, bye.